Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson, and I'd like you to join me as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, which is the power of God. Let's open with prayer. My Heavenly Father, my Heavenly Father, open our ears that we can hear. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. Father, I ask for a spirit of grace on this meeting, a spirit of grace. And Father, let us only see Jesus. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Do you have any courage? Do you have any want to obey God? Do you have the desire to walk with the Father and with Jesus? Then I'm going to minister something today I think that will help many of you because it helped me immensely when God gave me the revelation of not only the gospel but how to believe it. If you will go with me to Mark 1 again, we are going to look at it. And we're going to look at it until the Father says to do something else. But Mark 1, verse 14, now after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. This is one of Jesus' first messages. And what did he say? The next verse, and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you and believe the gospel. Did you hear what Jesus said here? There is so much instruction in this. If you have ears to hear, that's why I pray in the beginning of every message, open our ears. Jesus' instructions, what did he say? What did he tell us to do? He said, repent you and believe the gospel. Repent you and believe the gospel. Did you know that was instruction? Did you know that was a command? Do you know in those few words, that's the answer to every one of the problems you will ever have? Repent you and believe the gospel. We know that repent means to change what you're thinking, to change what you're looking at, to change your will, and to do what? To believe the gospel. Not to consider what you see, not to consider what you feel, not to consider the circumstances not to consider what you hear, but to consider, believe, commit to, adhere to, what? The gospel. And we know by 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4, is the definition, the bona fide definition of the gospel that Jesus said, repent and believe. And what did he say to repent and believe? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 and 4. For I delivered unto you first of all, which I also received. Apostle Paul speaking. How? And here's the definition. How that Jesus died according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. And that he rose again according to the scriptures. There. There is the gospel. That Jesus died. That he was buried and that he was raised again according to the scriptures. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection was prophesied since Adam and Eve was in the garden. And the prophets since then, Moses, Samuel, and all the prophets since then have prophesied 
about the coming of the kingdom of God. And that kingdom of God came how? It came with the gospel. It came with the gospel. And we know that kingdom is with power. The gospel is with power, not just words. And we know it's within us. And we know it is the fathers, the fathers, Jehovah, our heavenly father's good pleasure to give it to you, to give it to you. Well, how do you get it? How do you walk in it? Jesus said it again. He said it in one of his very first messages. Repent and believe the gospel. Believe. Hang on to. Commit to. Adhere to. Trust in the gospel. Turn with me to Romans 4. I'm going to show you today how to believe. I've heard of books, Seven Steps to Faith, Four Steps to Prosperity, Three Steps to Justification and Forgiveness. Do you know what? We don't need those. We don't need those. We have the perfect example in the Word of God. And the Apostle Paul preaches it. He speaks it. And the Apostle Paul walked in that faith. The Apostle Peter walked in that faith. All the apostles walked in that faith. And you know what? So did Mary. So did Mary Magdalene. So did the women of the gospel. They walked in that faith of the gospel. The very thing that Jesus said to do, repent you and believe. And they did. So how do we? Well, we have our father Abraham. And he showed us exactly how to believe God, to walk in faith. He is our example, and we walk like he does. And what happens when we walk like he does? We get the answers to our prayers, just like he did. If you will go with me to Romans 4, I'm going to go to verse 16. We're going to look exactly how Abraham believed, because this is our example of how to believe the gospel. Verse 16, wherefore it is of faith, faith, that it might be by grace. We don't work for this. You can't work for this. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but that which also is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And we know that Abraham did not get the promise by works. He got it by faith. He had to get it by faith. That's how we get everything we have from God. We have to get it by faith, not by the works of the law. We have to get it by faith. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Right in that verse, you see how God does it. Did you know that God requires us to walk by faith? Because that's the way he walks. That's the way the Father walks. The Father walks by faith. Jesus walks by faith. That's why we have to walk by faith. It says right here in verse 17, the Father who calleth those things which be not as though they were. That's faith. Now, let's go on to verse 18. Who, who, Abraham, against hope, believed in hope, 
Abraham against hope. Oh, the wonderful thing about faith is it's its strongest when there is no other hope. And Abraham was in a place where there was no other hope but God. And he says, who against hope believed in hope? Why? That he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. The father spoke those words to Abraham. So shall thy seed be. And then verse 19, we're looking at Abraham. How did Abraham believe the words that the father told him? The father said, so shall thy seed be when there wasn't any seed. There wasn't any seed. Abraham did not have Isaac yet. 25 years before Isaac was even born, the father said to Abraham, so shall thy seed be. Now, how did Abraham bring about that promise? How did Abraham bring about the words that the father spoke to him 25 years earlier? It says it right here. And right here tells us how to believe, how to have faith, how to walk in the kingdom. We believe just like Abraham did. Not seven steps, not five steps, not three steps. You got any courage? It's written right here. Verse 19, and being not weak in faith, being not weak in faith. And how was he not weak in faith? It says it in the next part. He considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old and neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. Can you hear these words? Can you look at these words? Can you consider and meditate on these words? Because in them, it tells you how to believe, how to have faith. It says it right here. Abraham considered not his own body now dead. He didn't consider it. It doesn't say he denied it. Big difference. It doesn't say that he did not know what was going on with his body. It says he didn't consider it. He considered not his own body. So what did he consider? He considered the words that the father spoke to him. Next verse. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, through unbelief. The father told Abraham, so shall thy seed be when there wasn't any seed. So what did our father Abraham do? He didn't consider how old his body was getting. He didn't consider that it was dead. He didn't consider Sarah's dead womb. He didn't consider them. What did he consider? He kept his eyes on the promise that the father made so shall thy seed be. That's what he considered. He hung on to the words that the father spoke to him, so shall thy seed be. That's what he hung on to. 
that's what he committed to. He didn't consider what his body was doing because his body was dying. He considered, he committed to what the father said to him. So shall thy seed be. There was his trust. There's what he committed to. There's what he hung on to. There's where it adhered to. Abraham did not consider the body now dying. He didn't consider that Sarah's womb was dead. His trust in, his hope in, his commitment to, his eyes were on what the father said, so shall thy seed be. And what happened when he did that? It says he staggered not at the promise of God. God made the promise through unbelief, but was strong in faith, strong in trust, strong in commitment, strong in adhering to. He wasn't going to let go. He didn't let go of those words. He didn't listen to the devil telling him, God didn't say that. He didn't listen to the ifs, maybes, or buts. He didn't consider anything else but what the Father said. And it said, but being strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, what God had promised, he was able to perform. And what happened when Abraham stayed on those words? committed to those words, hung on to those words, adhered to those words, trusted in those words, Isaac came forth. He got the manifestation of the promise. Oh, the promise was made and it was as good as gold, but Abraham had to hang on to that promise. And when Abraham trusted in that and not what his eyes saw and not the way he was feeling, did not consider what the body was doing. He only considered what the father said. And when he did that, he got the promise. The promise was manifested. It was fulfilled. And he got Isaac. Do you know that's how we are to walk? Abraham is our father. Abraham showed us how to believe. Abraham showed us how to obey the words that Jesus gave in Mark 1, repent and believe the gospel. We don't consider the situation. We don't consider what we see. We certainly don't consider how we feel. Oh, those feelings. But I want to tell you, friend, the word of God is a thousand times greater than your feelings if you can understand that. Jesus said in John 10 that the scripture cannot be broken. If you can put your heart on that and don't look at your feelings, don't consider them like Abraham did. He did not consider how he felt. Because our feelings lie to us every day. But the word of God is truth. The word of God is from everlasting to everlasting. And the word of God cannot be broken if you can hang on to it.
now believing. Believing. Believing what? Believing the gospel. Believing the gospel. I want you to go to Isaiah 53. So if we're believing the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, then what are we believing? Isaiah 53 is a great place to begin because there tells us what that gospel paid for, what the gospel bought us. The words in this chapter will give you the words to believe, to trust in, to get what you need from Jesus. Isaiah 53 verse 1, who has believed our report? Isn't that amazing? Who has believed our report? So even Isaiah prophesied of that gospel that Jesus said, repent and believe in. To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? And that arm is Jesus. It says, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. Jesus has no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. This is a depiction of Jesus hanging on the cross. We will look at this later. But when Jesus was hanging on the cross before he died, he had no form. Every bone of his was out of joint. Had to be. It was prophesied in the Psalms. It was prophesied right here because of what Jesus took on that body for you. What Jesus did for you what Jesus did for me, what Jesus did for the whole human race. And he did it as a man. He did it for you and I as a man. Now, verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows, that is pains, and acquainted with grief. That word is sickness. It says, and we hid our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Oh, Jesus, open our eyes that we can see you. Now, verse 4. Here are the words that we believe in. Here are the words of the gospel that we put our trust in, that we commit to. It says, surely, surely. He has borne our griefs. That word, look it up, is sickness. Surely he has borne our sicknesses. Did you know that? And carried our pains. Jesus did. For you. He carried your sickness. He carried your pains. Do you have the courage to believe that? Do you have the courage to trust this? Do you have the courage to adhere to this? To commit to it? And not consider what you see and what you feel. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Every bone of his came out of joint because that's what sin does to a body of a man. That's what sin will do to a body of a man. And whose sins were on his body? Let's go on. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Jesus. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. 
We have turned every one of us to his own way. And the Lord, Jehovah, Jehovah, and Hebrews says through the eternal spirit, Jehovah laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. Of us all. Of everyone. Every one of us all. The sins of humanity, of mankind, were placed on the body of a man that came to do this for you. Jesus came, born into this world as a man, to carry our sicknesses, our diseases, our poverty, our peace, and our sins. And he did it as a man for you, for you. So that's what we commit to. These words are what we hang on to, what we adhere to, what we trust in, what we commit to. And when we do that, when we commit to this word and we don't consider, don't consider what is going on in the body and what is going on in the heart especially and what we see and our circumstances and what we hear, when we do that, then these words, as is written in Romans 3, 7, for the truth of God has more abounded through my lie unto his glory. The truth of God will abound through that lie. And what happens? The promise manifests. It becomes your reality. I'll give you a wonderful example of this. When I was in the sign business, I had to trust God for the business. And if there wasn't enough business, then I didn't get enough money to pay my bills or eat. And there was a weekend in that business. I knew that Monday I had several bills that I had to pay. Several bills. And they added up to about $1,000 if I remember right. It's been a long time. But it was Friday afternoon, and I was looking to God to send some business in so that I could pay my bills on Monday. But you know what? Five o'clock came around. The business closed, and no business, no money came in that day. So now I'm looking to Monday. I need some bills paid, and I don't have any money. It's Friday afternoon. Chances of me getting business over the weekend were nil. But... I didn't look at what I saw. I didn't look at the situation because the situation was I wasn't going to have money to pay my bills on Monday. What did I look to? I looked to these words. I looked to what Jesus did for me on the cross. And it says in verse 5, the chastisement of our peace was upon Jesus. You know what was upon Jesus? My poverty. My poverty, my welfare. That went on Jesus. Jesus paid the price for me to have everything I need. I didn't pay it. Jesus did. And he did it willingly. He took on my poverty. And he paid the price. And I became prosperous through these words. So what did I do? I looked to Jesus. I thanked him. My bills were going to get paid. 
I didn't look at the situation. I didn't look at how I felt. I looked at my bills were going to get paid because Jesus paid the price for me. It wasn't long that evening. I got a phone call. It was for one of the largest sign companies in the city of Dallas. And they called me and they said, Kathy, are you the owner of, the, of Southwest Signs and Graphics? I said, yes, I am. They said, we're looking for you. They said, we have a big job here. We have several restaurants that are going to open this next week. And he said, the CEO at the very last minute, and I had to laugh because I've dealt with CEOs. He said, the CEO at the very last minute, we have these large fiberglass figures that are going to go on the front of every restaurant. And he said they were painted white like they were told us in the specs. But at the very last minute, the CEO decided that he wanted to add light color to them. He said the only way to do that is to airbrush. In our big business, we have nobody here that knows how to airbrush. So we called this gentleman in West Texas, and he gave the man's name. I knew of him. I knew he was one of the top airbrush guys in the state, in the sign industry. He said we called him. He's booked. He said he gave us your name. He did. I was amazed. I didn't know anybody knew that I was airbrushing. He said, can you help us? We're desperate. I thought about it for a moment. Oh, this was God. This was God answering my prayer. This was God answering the faith that I put in him. I said, yes, I can. But this is what you're going to do. You're going to load him up on a truck. You're going to bring him here to my house. I'm going to need to put him in my garage. It was a place that I could airbrush. I said, you're going to bring with them. You're going to bring a check for the full amount. You do that, and I'll have your guys ready by Sunday evening. Oh, they were happy to do what I requested, and they brought him six, six-foot figures, big fiberglass figures. I spent the whole weekend doing what they needed. Sunday evening came around, and I had them all finished, and they came and picked them up. That was the power of God working on my behalf. That was the kingdom answering my faith, my commitment to what Jesus paid for me. I didn't consider the situation. I didn't consider how I felt. I only committed that God must come through because of these words. These words, that chastisement of my peace my poverty, my welfare was put on the body of Jesus for me. Do you want this? Do you want to see God working on your behalf? Do you want the spirit of Jesus in you, speaking to you, leading you, guiding into this truth so you can walk in it? Then you must be born again. Your church didn't say it. Your pastor didn't say it. Society didn't say it. Jesus said it. You must be born again. How can you be born again? How can you get the spirit of Jesus in you? Pray this prayer with me. A simple prayer. The love of Jesus made it simple. Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Lead me. Teach me, fix 
may. And I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Jesus himself promised. You pray that prayer. All that come to him, he will in no wise, no wise, no matter what you've done, no matter what's in your heart, no matter what you've done, he will in no wise cast out. Amen. I'd like to hear from you. Write me. My email, kd at kdwol.com or go to my website, kd, Kathy Davidson, Water of Life, kdwol.com. Till next time, God bless.